Welcome to the North and Goal Rivalry Winning Edition of our podcast. I am Jake, the Mighty Alaskan Ute. And I am Benji up north in Alaska. I am known as Alaskutan, and I got to say right off the bat, I am excited for another season of college football. BYU gets the season underway next week at Tennessee. This should be an exciting year. You blacked it out already, huh? (laughs) As you recall, our bet was the winning team got to come in with their fight song. And so I gladly have played Solomon Levi for all of all of our listeners. And by the way, I'd like to thank you for having me on your podcast. This is very kind. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, who was it? Yeah, what a, a Terrell, Terrell. I don't know. Good so guy. Funny. I met him I met him in Washington. Really good guy. I like him. You went on his podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like I said something sarcastically about you. And he's like, I yeah, can't believe yeah. he's treating you this way after after you had him on your podcast. It's uh, an honor to be on your podcast. Yeah, no, I'm on your podcast. That was the thing. As is as the, I was treating you poorly after you had me on your podcast. He was a oh, I thought he had it the other way around. No, man. I thought he was looking at me like, why would you go on that guy's podcast? No, no, he was he was like, I can't believe he's he's, he's being sar- he's being snarky to you after you had him on your yeah. podcast. So thank you for having gotcha. me on. Week two, as you can tell, my voice is recovering from yesterday's holy war, mm. the ninth yeah. straight win for the running, well, for the, uh, the not the running Utes, that's basketball, for the mighty Utah Utes. Yeah, and, and not the, uh, someone was pointing out erroneously that, wow, the rivalry is so old it can be baptized now because it was eight, and it's like, no, the years is even longer it's gonna. It's we're. It's a decade. It like, is. You'll have your ten soon. year anniversary in two months of Andrew yeah. George running into the end zone. Oh and, man, uh, we should have. We should have a reunion. We should get together and celebrate that. Us BYU ten fans. Year reunion. That was <laughs> ten year reunion. The last time we felt love and joy and happiness in this world. Yeah. <laughs> this cruel and bitter world. Oh man. man, lay it out here. This is this is a therapy session. You're laying down on your on your chaise lounger. <laughs> So tell me, man, how you feeling? If if I take the emotion out of it, and I'm just saying I'm a non-invested fan watching that, what a stupid game! That was a boring, stupid, stupid game. I mean, first For quarter, you. like it was tight. It was tight early on. Watching the second half play out, and then the rain delay after the game was like 99 percent decided, and then we all had. I mean, it's just like come on. I, and I thought I had the thought. If BYU somehow makes this miracle comeback after the delay, this will never be forgotten. This will be like one for the ages. But as it is, uh, I honestly feel like your quarterback summed up the game when he was when he was describing our team. Uh, th- that was a pretty poo-poo game. <laughs> they poo-poo. Yeah. Oh, man, I'll be honest. I was not pleased. I was not thrilled with that comment. I thought it was whatever. It was dumb. But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid, but hey, yeah, you know what? They're, I, they're twenty year old <laughs> kids. They just it's they just play. The yeah, he's fine. And, and as a, I, that, my kids can relate to that level of smack, and that's fine. It's it, hey, we're entertaining the kids here anyway, right? Right. Yep. So no, dude, that, that's funny. The 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 rain came out of nowhere. It was yes. it was mostly sunny all night in the eighties, and all of a sudden it started raining. It wasn't just I couldn't. I don't know if you could tell from the TV, but it was like cups. Of rain, these raindrops were giant, mm-hmm. and it was it was yeah. like a, it was like a downpour from like down in the south, you know, like that you that you yeah the, yeah that you see down there, and it was crazy. And then the lightning, and it uh, it was fun though. I mean, we st- I, I waited it out all fifty six minutes, and when nice. it came back, it was fifty fifty Utes and Cougar fans. And you're right, I feel bad yeah. because um, like my my friend Nick who went with us, he said uh, the BYU fans that waited through the rain, they didn't even get to see their team get the ball again. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's part of why it's like, man, what a from a from an objective standpoint, boring game. You know, uh, there was not a lot of explosive, exciting. There was a handful, the turnover plays and things like that, but uh, all in all, pretty lackluster. No, you're right. as far matchup. as as far as offensive show goes. If you're looking for explosive downfield plays and big touchdowns, there weren't any. You know, right? It was right. Utah running running Moss up the middle for six, seven, eight yards a pop. Um, and then the the only explosive plays were the two pick sixes. You know everything yeah, else was just yeah. five ten yards at, at a time. And um, yeah, I, I expect Utah will do it. Will be different in the next couple weeks. 
but that was working, man. They were able to, I mean, once the second half started, there's literally no stopping Zach Moss. So just why not? Right. You know, in right. last year, for example, when we lost to Washington state, we went toe to toe with them in the first half, second half Moss got the ball like four times. And it was like, why don't you just freaking mm-hmm. give it to Moss? He's the one who's doing all the work. And, and we lost that game. And so as we did this time, Moss was doing work and they kept feeding him and it worked. So I can't mm-hmm. complain. It wasn't the most, it wasn't, uh, you know, a fire offensive fireworks, but it was, it was effective. And one thing too, we've all been spoiled with really exciting nail biters. Here's the thing: you're gonna laugh at me for being the moral victory BYU fan, spinning the all this whatever. I mean, this was a dominant performance by Utah, and I will not take anything away from their dominant performance. This was a game they handedly won. When you look start to finish, they it was their game. They won the game. The thing that really caught my eye going into this it was I only saw this one or two days beforehand. How competitive! Has this game been in the past 18 years? Let me ask you. Has this been competitive in the past 18 years? I see where you're going. Depends. <laughs> you it depends on what, you, what you're trying to say. Has it been? A, have the games been competitive? Yes. 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 But the, I, well, I, and and then you could say overall the rivalry because we hear the narrative. We BYU fans here. Is it even a rivalry anymore? You know, because it's like, hey, they're, they're not even winning. You can't call it a rivalry. There have been no two teams anywhere in all of college football that have played each other the 18 past times they played each other and had the scores closer. So I can't remember what the metric was. I think it was something like within five points or within seven points. The 18 past games, BYU and Utah have had more games decided within that narrow margin than any other two teams anywhere. And and I'm, again, I'm not going to take away from Utah. Like That is skill. To win a close game, credit Utah. That's coaching. That's talent. Like. You know, I'm I'm not trying to take anything away. I'm trying to encourage my fans and say, listen, Utah is a phenomenal team. When you look at their history the past 18 years, the things they've done, you know, the Fiesta Bowl, the the Sugar Bowl, uh, jump to the Pac-12, maintaining, having success in the Pac-12, all that stuff. To be able to say we've gone toe-to-toe with them, hey, that's pretty cool. Hey, I I get that. But you don't ever want to be in that position where just going toe-to-toe with someone's a win. You know, no, 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 no. I mean, certainly, I'm not going to say I'm satisfied with that or that's good enough, but it's one of those things where the perception does not equal the reality. Because you could look at something like that losing streak and say, "Man, we got to clean house, we got to do all this," and that might be an overreaction because of the perception. You know, the reality is, and and we'll get into more of this like later on if we want about the talent cap, the the coaching gap, all those little things that go into it. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's not as big of a difference as that what the final score or not the final score even the uh, the results would make it appear well I can am i wrong that. am i crazy I, no, am i delusional I see, no i can see your point for sure absolutely the, the games have been close um and 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 you want to take that angle i i won't fight it i'll say that's fair but then you have the same angle where it's like well look at an nba series if someone gets if the rockets sweep the warriors 4-0 and each game was within five or six points. It's not like they say, oh, my gosh, that was a close series. You know, they swept them, right? Bottom line is, yeah, what is yes the only no, thing that matters? Only thing that matters is the win, right? That's what you're going for. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and the, that's the thing, though, is the strategy and the back and forth in basketball. I mean, yeah, it's, it, I guess it's a little bit of apples and oranges there. But but overall, I mean, the, the coming back to my main thing is to, to say no other two teams anywhere – having been that close, that's worth something. You know, I mean, that's not just saying only rivals, saying, like, we're only going to look at Ohio State and Michigan. That's saying we're looking at every team that's played each other. That's, like, that stood out to me. That's significant. That That's like, I mean, this is not something you're just supposing. This is an actual fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. that was something where I said, wow, look at that. The, the stats verify this isn't just as lopsided as we all think it is. And, and I really mean we all. You fans love talking about how lopsided it is. BYU fans, this is our reality we're living in. You know, we accept it. It's it's lopsided. It's really not that far off, though. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna get called out like crazy for being the Mr. Moral Victory for bringing that up right off the bat. We got a lot more to talk about. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Utah. They earned it. They did great, and and they have consistently. Well, it's uh, it, you say um, entertaining games, dude. I, I I haven't been entertained at all because i'm so stressed it sucks i uh, dude i'm not even kidding you i was telling everyone yeah. i went with that like 
I was nauseous, like physically nauseous all day. Uh-huh. And like when the game started the first like two quarters, I was like just weak. I had no energy. I felt like yes. I was sick. Yeah, yeah. I could I didn't even cheer because I was just it took just energy to like just like breathe, you know? As stupid uh-huh. as that sounds. But and, and it made me think that I don't know how these players do it. I was so freaking nervous. I couldn't even like stand. Dude, and they're in mm-hmm. the game. How do they get how do they get their aggression up to where they're like going full bore with all these nerves, dude. I can't even stand in yeah, the freaking yeah, yeah. stadium. I'm so nervous. That's what you got. You, you just got to find a way to channel it. I was shocked, though, because, I mean, everybody's wired differently. When I was playing high school basketball and kind of early on, uh, the head coach of the varsity team, which I, I never made varsity. I was I was a sophomore basketballer. But to hear the head coach talk to all of the players and recall the stories, his glory days when he was a high school player, he told us flat out he had diarrhea before every game. Every single game of his basketball career, he'd have diarrhea beforehand. It's like, wow, that's that, like, hey, that's kind of gross. But, like, <laughs> you know, it's a real Sweet. thing. Like, you yeah. got to get the jitters and, and find a way to go compete. And, and yeah, not everybody's wired that way that they can go do that. Well, it, it surprised me, too, because Moss was being interviewed this week, and they said, how are you feeling? He's like, I'm really nervous. And I was like, that, it kind of took me back a little bit. Like, this dude who's like, 500 pounds of sheer steel and muscle, you know, yeah. he just bangs. Yeah. He's nervous. Well, dude, I, uh-huh. the, like everybody's got to be nervous then, you know, like, yeah. And, and you don't yeah. think of it because you see him out there talking smack and hitting and, and but they're just as nervous as, as me up there on row 48. <laughs> I'm going to two weeks in a row bring insights from the world of dentistry into football. So, it. and I always tell patients this when they're right before the injection, they're freaking out, and I let them know right now is the worst time. If you're actually in the middle of getting an injection and getting numb, it's not that bad. But like the 30 seconds when it's about to happen, that is what sucks. Yeah, yeah. And dude, oh, well, I don't, I don't know. I think that the, the first initial poke sucks, dude. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's easy hey, there's, for there's you because a... you're on the other side of that chair saying, which is hard. <laughs> you know, that first poke is like. Uh, I hate that is anyway. an art. That is a skill. Uh, I'm probably twice as good as I was last time I, I did that to you. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's right. People don't know that you, you're, you literally used to be my dentist. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like uh, this that was, not that just that was a good, uh, yeah. I'm glad fate brought us together to produce dude, I remember this we were wonderful sitting show. There, like after you get me going, you know, get me, I mean, we'll get me numb, you know, <laughs> while we're sitting <laughs> yeah, yeah, waiting yeah. to be numb, we'd chat about Batman movies and, uh-huh. All that kind of stuff, you know. That was fun, and then and then you'd put yeah. all your crap in my mouth and like all your tools in my mouth, and then you'd start talking, <laughs> asking me questions. I couldn't respond. I was like, "Well, I'll wait." Uh- so I'd make a mental list of notes. Okay, I'll go back to this, yeah, back yeah. to this, back to this. As soon as he's done, that was a good time. Yeah, if if I was smart, I'd be talking about Batman when you can respond, and then once we start working, be like, "And here's yeah. another thing I don't like about Utah, and here's another thing you, I don't like about the." That's Utes. when you start going into your Jimmer stats and tirades and stuff, and I can't I can't reply. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Hey, let's talk about individual player performances. Who are you happy with? Is there anybody you are really nervous about, more nervous than you were before the game? Well, as far as happy, I'll skip over the obvious one, which was Zach Moss, because yes. we knew what he was coming in. And like mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, and I, this sounds weird, but I'm happy the BYU fans got to see what we've been you know, bragging yeah. about. Because the year before... Um, he didn't play, obviously. He right. was injured. And the year before that, his sophomore year, he wasn't really super effective, right? And yeah, so yeah. we're always bragging about him, but this, 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 what you saw this last game is who he is. He does not go down mm. on the first hit hardly ever. Someone hits him, and then he gets three or four or five more yards, keeps his legs churning, and he's just so fun to watch. So I'll skip over the obvious because he's been yeah. – he was good. Um, people that I was, I was impressed with, um, you know, defense Francis Bernard, he he was he was all over mm-hmm. the field. He didn't have a ton of tackles, but he had big plays behind the line of scrimmage tackles and the pick six, you know, which was big. Um, which I, I know that's that's like BYU fans' biggest nightmare for this game. Yeah. Was yeah. having Francis I, Bernard hey, get a pick six. I believe I said specifically you got to just spot Utah 14 points from the beginning because they're going to find a way to score from anywhere anywhere on the field. And I was thinking our DB's getting burned, and you said, yeah, our defense will do it. And you're right. The defense just, boom, 14 points. That that's like It's like you got to start 14-0 and, and dig out of that hole because that's just how it's been. Dude, it's, it is pretty shocking with how many pick sixes we've had. You know? Yeah. I mean, you go back to the Vegas Bowl where it was like almost every play in the first quarter it seemed like. 
And then since then, there's been at least one a game. It's it's been pretty crazy. And and granted, we had two in this game, but that second one, it was over. The game was over at that point, so it didn't really yeah. affect it. You know, it was that it was that one first different. one, which was a huge, huge momentum swinging play, bro. Because it was, I think it was three three at that point. You're you. Mm-hmm. We had just punted, um, and your first play was a, a eight yard out play that was complete. And so second and two, you're at midfield. I was like, man, if they drive down here and take the lead 10-3 or something, and then boom, mm. uh, uh, Bradley and I comes from the comes from the outside, misses um, Zach Wilson, and then follows up and circles back and grabs him by the legs as he throws it. Right, well, it changed the entire feel of that game. It was it was this amazing. Two thoughts on that. First, I gotta I gotta give a shout out my man Ben Gaines, one of the best like dark humor tweets of the night, said. If Francis was able to run away from the cops as fast as he was running just now, he'd still be on BYU's team. And, and of course, people went nuts because it's like, ooh, you know, you're messing with this guy, like his personal life. And everyone's like, you wouldn't say that to his face. And here's the thing. Ben Gates, he's like one of the nicest, harmless guys on Twitter. He's he's got no ill will to anybody. He's just out there having fun. And so <laughs> I thought it was pretty clever. Um, second thing on that. Not all pick sixes are created equally. When I say Utah pick six against BYU and people have flashbacks of Tanner and Taysom and Jacobs and, and all those men, if you're just off, if you just make a bad pass or you throw it way too hard and doing it off a guy's helmet or something like that, I mean, that's that's on you. This one by Zach Wilson, that first one that we're talking about, you look at it and you're like, man, just take the sack. Don't try to be a hero. At the same time, the quarterbacks that we celebrate from our glory days were heroes. They tried to be the hero. So that trait in Zach Wilson, I don't hate. You know, trying to make something out of nothing, competing until the end, you know, not giving up. It didn't work out for him this time. But that same trait, as he develops, that might take him to that elite level. And, and I'm going to sound more like the BYU hype machine right now. I, I just don't hate that trait. I think that's a good sign for things to come uh, with Zach Wilson. Well, I mean, you celebrate results. That's what you do. It, 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 you know, it, that exact play while he's falling down, if he lobs it over Francis Bernard head for a 20-yard gain, then it was like, oh, my freaking heck, what an incredible – you know, it's it's a result, but it was pick six, so people right. are pissed, you know. That's just the way right. it is. Um, yeah, yeah, in that, that same but- vein, Jaron Hall coming in, and everyone's like, Zach was doing awesome. Why'd you do that? It's like, no, 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 no. Schools have success with a Wildcat QB. Let's not throw the whole idea out because it didn't work out for us they that do. one time. They do. I agree with you, but here's the problem. And, and I'm coming from Utah has done this a ton. Utah was like one of the forefront of the Wildcat with Eric Weddle. They did it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, even back in like Brett Ratliff, they brought in Tommy Grady as changeup. Usually, though, people bring in a Wildcat QB when their initial QB isn't a very good runner or athletic just to change it up, bring in right. some. But, dude – it's like bringing in the same player almost, you know, for Zach, yeah, yeah. the same athletic ability. My my thought is if you're going to run a, a running play, why not just keep Zach Wilson in there because they don't know that you're going to do that. Whereas when you bring in someone like Jaron Hall, they're like, okay, well, obviously there's a Wildcat. It's likely going to be a running play, so it automatically keys the defense in. If you're going to do that, leave Zach Wilson, who's our athletic already, and, and run that same play and maybe catch the defense off guard. Two, it, I mean, you bring in a kid that's a freshman who's probably – his first game, his first play, he's nervous. Whereas Wilson's been in for a quarter, and Wilson right. was moving the ball. And I don't know. I don't. I, so I, I disagree on my viewpoint. Disagrees with you on this. I dude, yeah. if you if you want to do that wildcat play, have Wilson do it. Don't. I mean, he was moving the ball down there. It, it just. I don't know. I just think it disrupts the flow, and I, it, I don't it like did. it. It certainly did disrupt the flow. the The counterpoint to that, though, is. From a strategic standpoint, let's say let's bring Jaron Hall in and three times in a row he either gains a yard or two yards or loses one or two. That's not bad if suddenly the fourth time we bring him in, we throw it 20 yards downfield because, every you know, same formation. We're setting him up, setting him up, setting him up. And so big picture, that may be something they just didn't work into the game plan because after twice you say, yeah, no more of that. Let's get away from it. You, know, you just yeah. never know where that was actually going, True. what it would have led to if it was successful. So I'll get, I'll get it's, tough yeah. to, it's easy to second guess, and, and it didn't work out for us this time, but I'm not ready to scrap the whole idea of him ever stepping in the game. You, you know, if you get him, yeah, six plays a game, 
And it's that exact same thing where one or two of them are designed to just catch people sleeping. Let's keep doing it. But anyway, I'm yeah. not a coach. Who okay. knows? Another guy that I was impressed with was uh, he's been he's been a, a good player for us in the past, but he switched positions. Was Blackman Julian Blackman? He went from yes. corner to safety, which mm-hmm. I think fits him so much better because he's he's kind of a ball hawk and a, a hitter, you know. And it yeah. He, he, and again in this game he got it, he's in the right place at the right time. Pick six. And I, mm-hmm. I really like the move to him at safety. So those are my two players on defense. Offense, I go with Moss. And then, you know, we really didn't – I mean, we didn't throw the ball a ton, so there wasn't a receiver that stood out. We had a couple – as far as people are disappointed with, I was disappointed in um, one of our tight ends. You know, he had a yes. ball. I don't want to call him out by name because, bless his heart, he's a kid, right? <laughs> but I mean, And his I, name's hard to pronounce. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but it, it was a huge, huge momentum swing drop. Yeah. It was it was second and long, and we were on I think about the twenty five thirty, and Huntley delivered a pass about fifteen yards over the linebackers, wide open, nobody around him for mm-hmm. fifteen yards, and he, if you would have caught it, you would have got another ten fifty yards, but a big probably a thirty yard gain, drops yeah. it, I mean wide open, just a, a disastrous drop, and then the next play I believe we got sacked if I recall or yeah. something, and we had a punt, so it was a big momentum swinging play, so that was disappointing, and then most of all. Wait, wait, wait. Before yes. we move on, we got to yes. come back to that because I have to point out to any of my fellow BYU fans who are tempted, and I know we all are tempted, to say, well, if you take away the turnover, if you do, the, if you do, you know, to try to put a spin that this wasn't a bad game, you know, the same thing I've been trying to do with the whole rivalry, that you, you got to take that away too because that, even though it was just a drop pass, that's a turnover. That it, dude, was, was just as big yes. of a turnover. I mean, yeah. that that was a big momentum changer. So you got to be fair to both sides and say, if this little thing was different, you do it both ways, it's same the same result. Yeah, I mean, there was some sloppy stuff, like we, we predicted first first game, you know, like that, that weird kickoff where a return man let it drop because he thought it'd either go out of bounds or come to him, and it, like, just stopped, like Tiger Woods dropping it on <laughs> it a green. amazing. Crazy, right? How can you watch that and not acknowledge the hand of God in favor of BYU? That was amazing. So where did the hand go the second half then? Why why did the We Lord- all started sinning? <laughs> why Didn't the- you see? We were all f- <laughs> we were all sinning in the in the stands. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the Lord was chastised. weeping. That's why the, all those tears are the Lord's <laughs> tears. Anyway, so there were a lot of, lot of way. like um you know, lots of mental errors, but the biggest concern is our freaking kicking, man. A, mi- a yeah. missed extra point, a missed chippy which was basically an extra point length field goal and and the Mm. thing that's really ironic is our good friend dr ben lever uh portland ute pointed this out to me because he's taken your place as my dentist oh yes so he pointed this out to me when i was up in his chair earlier this summer he's like wouldn't it be ironic if we have an awesome offense awesome defense and then after all these freaking years of having nfl level kickers (laughs) it comes down to a field goal in the pac-12 title game and we miss it you know, you know like, that's the dude. That would be yeah. that would be the ultimate. Just like not karma, not something I'm looking for, but just just it would just be so poetic, just un, unjust poetic. You know, to have these well, amazing kickers, and then when we need it most, all of a sudden we suck at it now when we have everything else. For know? sure, if I was a Utah fan, that would have gone from mild preseason concern to major concern. And the reason I would emphasize the major concern is after watching Utah play against BYU. I'm buying in a little bit more to the hype that, hey, there's only going to be two or three really tough Pac-12 games, and they're going to be in them. They won't be blowouts. Utah might not win. Really good chance it comes down to a field goal. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's worth fixing, figuring out. I don't know how you fix it at this point. Well, but they're already, they've fixing. already switched kickers. Witt announced right after yeah. that. The, the, I mean, he switched the, last, the yeah. last quarter, that kid, and he's starting next week as the kicker. So he's obviously... Wit's already obviously concerned enough to like make a major change right now, so he's already yeah. Announced. But that's the thing. but kickers can be head cases. Yeah, Do you want to have no. a, that short of a leash on a kicker? No. Well, I, I mean, because that's added you, pressure. Yeah. Well, you saw how inept the kicker we had was in this game, so it's like, yeah, it, it yeah. can't really get worse. Which is funny because his first kick was a long field goal. It was like a forty-two yeah. yard field goal. Is loud. You know, his first kick of the season, so it's extra pressure. And he drilled right. it, no problem. But then all of a sudden, extra points and a little 15-yard field goal. He 
he shanked. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Wit, Wit spun it a little bit and said the guy that's starting next week was actually in the lead for the competition, but he got injured, you know? So it's like... <laughs> it was our strategy to yeah. throw out the other guy. Well, the funny thing about this... You thought that was our kicker? This, the, yeah. The funny thing about this, and may, the ironic thing that maybe, who knows, is actually this happened, the exact same thing happened with Matt Gay. Matt Gay didn't start. Yeah. He, it was uh, right. the other guy, Chayden Johnston. He missed his first field goal. Then he brings Matt Gay, and all of a sudden, Matt Gay is like the greatest kicker to ever walk on the face of the earth. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, who knows? Maybe, maybe so he's pulling another rabbit out of his hat. But yeah, it's a major. <laughs> it's a dude. It's a major concern. People, people hear that and think, yeah. eh, oh well, kicker, no big deal. No, it is. It's it is a third of the game, dude, and it's a third yeah. of a game that's like usually surfaces when you need it most. A, right, a field right. goal at the end of the game or an extra yeah. point. So it's like it's major, yeah. It's a major concern. It's so hopefully yeah. we can get that fixed. But that's my biggest concern for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely. What about All right, you? Jump into the BYU side. Yes, sir. All right, we got to p- talk about Diane Gawalaku. Holy cow! I, I mean, I've loved the guy. I've been impressed with him all along. Thought, okay, he's our strength. With Troy Warner injured, he's for sure our strength on our defense right now. He tackled the guy that everybody has said does not go down on the first hit, and and he did it multiple times. To be able, and this this is a testament to how I feel about Zach Moss. Zach Moss is an incredible athlete. He's a beast. Diane had multiple one-on-one tackles, you know, solo tackles in open field against that guy. So that alone, wow, that guy, he's going places. A lot of people were saying afterwards, this guy's got a future on special teams in the NFL to be able to solo open field tackle somebody that big, that fast, that strong. Uh, really impressed with him. So he yeah. was a really high point for me. I agree. I, I mentioned uh, that to my little brother during the game that he's he was wrapping up and didn't have any. Uh, yeah, I I recognized that during the game. So yeah, good. Oop. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zach Wilson, we touched on briefly. I'm I'm still on board. He's gonna make mistakes, but he's the guy I want making those mistakes. I like his spirit, his fiery competitiveness. Uh, still love his mom. She's she's great. I I recognize like everybody else does that she's maybe saying things she shouldn't say, being places she shouldn't be. If I were her mental health advisor, I'd say put the phone down, don't yeah. read things because you're going to – I mean, we've all been there on Twitter, and, and people that are new on Twitter have not been there yet. Right. We've all gotten ourselves into situations where we don't enjoy being there because of something we said that backfired on us. So, uh, Dude, that's, anyway, that's the thing that, is – we're seasoned Twitter veterans, you know, not to brag or yes. anything, but we've been <laughs> we, around. We're pretty good. We've been around long enough to know that it's it's a cesspool. It sucks. Yeah, and it's easy to to get in fights, and you usually can't, you you don't win fights. You just don't. Yeah, you've got to no. figure out that Twitter is to make sarcastic jokes and mock people. It's not to convince right. someone of your opinion because you will not. You just won't. Right. And so, right. So to even get into this, uh, our discussions, and it just it doesn't work. Now, yeah. throw it in if it's your freaking kid, dude. Oh yeah, yeah, it would yeah. be impossible. It would be. It would be. I would. It would be. That's why it, she's got to find a way to stay out of it because it's like she's yeah. responding to things that like people aren't even tagging her. People aren't saying her yeah. kid's name. So somehow she's coming across references to him where he's not even yeah. mentioned in engaging people. In it, it's like yeah. this is a losing battle for you, you know. Like, hey, I want to point out too, we we don't always know the full story. Everybody jumping on her, assuming that she's searching his name, very well could be. But you also never know who's texting her, emailing her, screenshotting her, or just retweeting bring it, things or just, to other people's yeah. attention all the time, or just What's retweeting that? it into her timeline. Even you know, right. she could be following right. someone else. For those that don't know how Twitter works, let's say you tweet something, Ben. I follow you, yeah. but Joe. Joseph Smith doesn't follow you, but he follows me. So I, you Wait. tweet, Joseph Smith was a fraudster. And I'm like, whatever, uh-huh. dude, he was a prophet. So I retweet it, and he he sees it. He's not following you, but he sees what you said because I retweeted yeah, it and he yeah, follows yeah. me. So it could be something similar to that where someone says something about Zach Wilson, they retweet it, and she sees it yeah. that way. So yeah, I, I would doubt – I mean, I would put – I would doubt she's searching her name out. I, I would hope she's not – she's, you know, not, not – um, right insecure enough to like search his name i would guess she comes across this stuff you know yeah that would be my guess and it's it's a it's it's something where i mean you just 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 avoid it like i've i've sent her positive encouraging messages from time to time like hey thanks for because i really i appreciate her efforts she she cares that's awesome uh-huh. but it's just best to just i i worry about where that's gonna go yeah and the thing uh, i really hate about- is when people like 
intentionally engage her and like rip on her son. That is so ridiculous. Don't go after somebody's freaking kid like that. No matter who you are, you do not go. Your sack sucked. Like seriously, get a freaking life. You loser. You know, that's what, that's what worries me too. I I worry like a day like yesterday about Ute fans doing that to her. I worry to some extent, even more about what might happen down the road with BYU fans. You know, I mean, it wouldn't take much quick transfer. He's out of here for her to be the most bitter anti BYU hater there ever was. Which, you know, I hope it doesn't come to that. But nope. that's how these things happen. But dude, it, it could easily. You're right. She could easily slide on that because, as as we know, she was already a big Ute fan before. You hear? Did right. you, her interview was like, it was shocking. Like, did they still have their Ute clothes in their closet just in case? Yeah, yeah you gotta, know, gotta get rid of those. Just donate in, them. Donate them to somebody just, that just you know you case, can ask for them back later. Just in case. And then like another part I was surprised by, she's like, you know, I decided it's his decision and we cried about like, dude, like yeah, yeah. She, she easily <laughs> could be put she she's all in now. She's all but she could right. easily be all out if the situation oh. was right. You're right. Yeah, it's, absolutely that whole dynamic it, it, sucks. It, again, I would have spun it a little bit differently and said, Hey, my husband put his blood sweat and tears in that program we're gonna keep the clothes you know there's yeah. they have valid reason to keep the clothes yeah but it, yeah, don't don't yeah anyway Dude, that's <laughs> why that's why honestly it's a it's a no-win situation for parents of, of players honestly right no win that's why yeah. if one of my sons which they won't because i've seen their athletic ability already but if they were ever <laughs> in that situation i would delete twitter uh-huh. and i would make sure to stay away because i would it would be too hard it's too hard Anyway, for enough sure. to dwell on that. For so, sure. Okay, so Guangola Walawaku. How do you say Guangwalaku. Guangwalaku. Okay, so and who on offense? What about who on offense? Yeah, he's he's one of the few I would peg as he's got a spot somewhere in the NFL. Not a starter, not on defense. He's going to play, though. Tyson, as build. I mean, he was a beast. We all wish he would have had more carries. We all, most of us rationally understand that had he had like 100 carries, he wouldn't have kept up that rate of yards per carry. But he did He did awesome. I mean, his yards per carry was up in the sixes. Like, great. Like, that's against a legit defense. What does that say for how well he's going to do against the rest of the schedule? I mean, uh, there's a few that aren't slouches, but this was the tough challenge for a running back. And he did great. Yeah, I guess it depends if he gets more than a half dozen carries. Which, dude, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy to me. And you know what? I've been there, man. I have complained about that millions of times in the past with our running backs. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap, Zach Moss was averaging nine yards a carry. He got two in the second half. Like, I don't understand. I know, I know, offensive coordinators know way, way more than I ever will. But sometimes I mm-hmm. wonder if they outthink themselves. If they yeah. think, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do this because they think I'm going to do this, but they also think I'm not going to do this. You know, it's like. Sometimes I wonder if they right. do that. It's like where, whereas it's like just give the ball to your player that's doing it. You know, we've we've all been doing that on a final exam where we're like, oh man, it's got to be C. But wait, that's way too obvious. You can't have three C's again. in a row, Let me right? Read this again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And and yeah, that's I'm sure that happens. But yeah, really, really high on him. Really excited to see what he does the rest of the year. Uh, Bushman, I was a little worried that you know all the hype was on him. The defensive focus would be on him. Didn't matter. He and he he proved me right in that I pointed out how perfect passing beats perfect coverage. He caught so many balls in traffic because he just he put his hands in the right place. He didn't care that people were around him. He just brought the ball down. Uh, man, that is a a man's tight end. I'm really excited to see what else he can do. He did look good. Uh, yeah. He looked really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really high on him the rest of the year. Uh, disappointing performances. Yeah. Honestly, I hate. Hate, hate to say it for a lot of reasons, but the number one reason is it's way too early in the season to be talking like this. But the coaching, I more than any player's performance, I look at the schemes, I look at the, like you were saying, the play called choices, a lot of things. I think this is where my head's been at, thinking about recording this podcast all day and thinking, okay, what have I noticed? What I think they lack. Uh, I gotta yeah, give. You brought it up in the to, pre-production meeting we had earlier today, so it's been on yes, your mind. Yes, yes, yes. For a long time. And and our executive producer said, "I don't know if I'd go there just yet. It's just game one." And I said, "You know what? I'm not going to go there. I'm going to qualify and say I'm not calling for anybody's head. But there's got to be something because Utah fans, you can't have it both ways. And I have to credit Vakaviti for bringing this point up because that's he my made guy, man. He and I, he and I used to get in so many Twitter battles. I'm and sure we, we've both kind of chilled out a bit, but that's my guy, man. Yeah, 
I see. I yeah. have respect for him. I have respect uh-huh. for him because he we would go head to head nonstop on ratings well, on crap. But anyway, what, so what did my man Vodka VT say? He's, he's got this perfect style too of you know exactly what he is. You're not going to win an argument with him. Just don't even try. Like it's not. It's like winning an argument with a tree. You're not going to win an argument with a tree. Like not saying he's good and he's going to win. You're just not going to. Uh-huh. Anyway, he brings up Utah fans have just been touting all offseason the talent gap, the talent gap, the talent gap, the talent gap. And it's there. I will admit it's there. But it's just as much, if not more, there within the Pac-12. And you probably you saw him when he was pointing that out. The talent gap between USC, Washington, Oregon, and then kind of mid-level recruiting teams like Utah. I'm not calling Utah a mid-level team. Their recruiting hey, numbers facts are, are not. We are. Yeah, we're in the middle of Pac-12 yeah. recruiting. It is. It's a fact. And so when you compare the one gap and the other gap, Utah's suffering from a greater talent gap discrepancy with USC and Washington than BYU is with Utah. So is a talent gap the only thing that matters? Is it insurmountable? Is it all defining? I think when we look at it that way, we would all say no. You know, Utah certainly can compete with USC, can compete with Washington because of their coaching. And I feel like BYU, if they're to bridge that gap, they're going to have to do it through smart coaching. And Man, we all know, I'm, I'm going to bring him up every episode forever. Bronco Mendenhall, he emphasized over and over and over again, position mastery, sound assignment execution. He did. I yep. didn't see that. I, I didn't see that. I saw those players I highlighted. I saw great performances from them. I didn't see great performances across the board the way you would see with a Bronco Mendenhall defense, you know, where it was just really – cerebral you know i mean he thought out everything and and people hated watching the bend but don't break but he put together a really good game now given he didn't have a great record against utah either but i feel like his squad as a whole was better prepared for that well let me ask you this i mean i agree with that oh sorry go ahead i mean well i'm just saying i I got that i got a thought right there sorry yeah yeah, jump in so you you talk about how he's got these position sounds cerebral players or, or defense but I wonder – see, the thing is he always seemed to have a superstar, whether it was Kyle Van Noy, whether it was mm-hmm. – I don't know. I'm not, not going to go over the whole defense. But even even last year you had Taki Taki and, and Corbin Kafusi who were big game-changing players, you know. I don't I don't see – I didn't see anybody like that on this year's defense. You usually have a really strong front seven. But yeah. I didn't see any disruptors on the defensive line, man. You know, I didn't see a Taki Taki that can come off the edge. I didn't see a Jan Jorgensen. I didn't see, you know, a, a Van Noy or a, a Fred Warner that just like is a superstar that you know kind of can make up for a lot of deficiencies. I don't, I don't know if you have, from what I could see from this game, I don't know if you have a superstar on your defense that can can do that this year. Do you? Do you? You know, the guy I would. Peg to uh, what the potential there is Kyrus Tonga. He had himself a pretty quiet night, you know, and part of that might be that Utah focused on him and said, we will contain this man if we do nothing else. Uh, he didn't do a lot. He didn't make a lot of noise. Uh, he's the one I could see on the team right now that would be an NFL starter in the position that he's currently in. Yeah, I can in. see that. I can see that. Uh, and I agree. But usually defensive tackles don't have huge gaudy stats. You know, they're, they're, they're more right. to take up right. two blockers so your defensive end can come in loose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, you've got a good point on that. I, I And again, this is way too early for me to be saying, I don't know if Sataki's the guy. I don't know if he can do it. But the, those are the doubts I have. Uh, is the not necessarily the talent gap because I, I think we all agree, right? That's Teams can overcome that. And we're expecting Utah to overcome that later on this year. The coaching gap, I'm not sure. And it, it just sucks because I love those guys. You know, yeah. they're they're yeah. phenomenal oh. human beings. You yes. want them to succeed. Yes. I, I'm not sure. I'm not and sure two, they're two points. One, get I, want, it done. I want to make a caveat when we're making all these declarative statements about you don't have a superstar or you you know, because I look at la- like last year, for example, our second game of the year was against NIU and it was the crappiest mm. freaking game I've ever seen. We won yeah. seventeen to six, but it literally felt like a loss because it was ten to six the whole game and we were saved by a Chase Hansen pick six at the end. We played terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so after that game, if I would have I would have said this season's over, dude. We suck. Right. But we go on right. to win the South. So things change week to week. So that's yeah. always a caveat when we're saying what we're saying. Okay. But back to Sataki. There's I, I can see what you're saying about some of the questionable things. 
I love the man personally. I've said this before because he was our defensive coordinator for a long time, and I loved his fire, and I loved that he was yes. such a player's coach. And maybe he's just built to be a second man. You know, yeah. he's built to be the good guy when the coach is the bad guy, like Kyle Whittingham. You know, he's built yeah. to be yeah. the guy players go to where he doesn't have the ultimate responsibility, but he can shine in his role. Because there's a couple uh-huh. things like I look at, I look at. When you came back from the, I know there's a small thing, but you come back from the rain delay, right? There's mm-hmm. still nine freaking minutes left, and it was like they yeah. just quit. It was still a, I mean, they, yeah. it was, granted, it was mostly over, but there's still a small chance, and you had three timeouts and never used one. Granted, when right. you get down to like two minutes left, it's over, but I personally would have called timeout immediately because you know Utah's going to run, try and get the ball back with seven minutes, and maybe right, a miracle right. could happen. You know, once it gets under four yeah. minutes, it's over. But it was like it was like they gave up. I mean, I don't want to say they gave yeah. up because that's questioning manhood and whatever. So I won't say that. But it looked like that. Yeah. There was no timeouts. There was no urgency. It was like let's just run this out. We'll let them. So I remember thinking, man, at least give it a freaking shot. You got nothing to lose. So, nothing to lose. You know. Yeah. And so I was quite, so, so, I, that was like eh, to me. I don't know. So you're looking at a kind of a micro analysis of that saying on this specific instance, I don't agree with the way he did it. And you, you have all the right in the world to do that and to second guess every little decision. The thing that concerns me bigger is when you zoom out and analyze the trends. And this is like how they catch serial killers and stuff like that. Like this guy, there was this guy that was killing people up here in Alaska in like the 70s and he had his pattern and then suddenly it stopped. But then like one or two pop up in Texas. And so they say, all right. We got to narrow the pool to who moved to Texas from Alaska in this window of time. And suddenly they've got 10 suspects. They start following a couple of them. They got him, you know? Yeah. So you zoom out and look at the trends, and numbers numbers will tell on you. Numbers will show what's going on. Greg Rebel, bless his heart, love him to death. He is like the ultimate BYU fans love him because he is for us, you know? Like he's going to say things that I find interesting. Utah fans hate him because they. <laughs> They look at him like he's trying to tell us things we want to hear all the time that are positive for BYU. And that but, said, I dude, mean, I, I I would love to have him on my side. He, I think he does yeah. the most. I think he's awesome. He, I, right. I like listening to his play-by-play calls. I think he's prepared. I think he does homework. But, yeah, he is a homer. But, dude, it's his freaking job. So what? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. yeah I, you're right on both you. counts. It's for us. BYU fans love him. Ute fans are find it obnoxious because yeah. it's like, oh, this is the first time they scored in the sun down under nine ninety one degrees when the you know the rain's blow you know? And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like his stats are obscure, yes. but dude, he he's he knows his audience and I think he's great. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go on. To stumble onto an obscure stat like that shows the body of work you do, and I love him for it. Yeah. Anyway. He, he just pointed out when you just take first half last year, first half this year, second half last year, second half this year, two different ball games. You BYU won the two halves. You know, the first half last year and the first half this year, BYU just, I mean, the first downs, the yards gained, just every facet of the game, BYU has been pretty dominant in four quarters, and that's impressive. It's just the wrong four quarters. It's quarter number one and two, and then one and two again, where Utah has been way, way more dominant in quarters three and four to make all the difference in the world. And so that tells me it might be those little, little things that you're looking at, but overall, somebody on the staff, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, head coach, we're not adjusting in-game the way we should be. And so I'm not going to say, well, it was this thing we should have done differently or that thing we should have done differently. Something should have been done differently that Utah's coaching staff is doing really well at. Now, that being said, that's not really fair for me to look at year number three of Kalani Satake and say, I expect him to be on par with year number a million, it feels like, of Kyle Whittingham. I mean, uh-huh. Kyle's got some experience of doing uh-huh. in-game adjustments and knowing what will work and what uh-huh. won't. I think that's the difference. That's the difference that matters most right now. Agreed. That I mean, but that said, bro, uh, it's, it's like when I was in sales for a company called ADP, it was freaking cutthroat. And it did not mm-hmm. matter. I was going up against sales reps that had been there for 12 years. It didn't matter. What mattered was did I hit my quota and did I sell? And if you didn't, you're fired, period. And, right. you know, unfortunately, you take a step back. We're in year four. His record is 20 and 20, you know? Mm-hmm. it's. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's the definition of mediocrity. He had a good yeah. year. He had a terrible year. He had a mediocre year, you know? It's like... At some point, you have to you have to get results, dude. You just right. have to. It is a results oriented business. Doesn't matter how nice a guy you are, and it sucks because I genuinely believe if you were to line up all 130 coaches and line them up based on 
good guy to douchebag, he would be front of the line. He is a he is yeah. a class act human. Like you can't not love the guy. You can't. Right. You know. Right. And Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, would be the end of the line, right? In, For in sure. Sataki yeah. be on the, and he's a great guy, and I, and I I still love the guy. Like I said before, but dude, people want wins, and that's why you're that's why you're paid. It, it's just a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. It's and so it's also a very very short list behind him of is, who yes. is possible out there. And so uh, as the season goes on, uh, if BYU is on track to hit that 7-5 and five benchmark that I placed for them, you re-sign him. You say, hey, let's get better, let's get better, let's get better. Ten years we may look back and be like, wow, build this man a statue. Look where we are now. You yeah, know, I agree. May, and, maybe and that's why you don't for him to build it that way. That's why having these discussions now are, are counter – productive and not and they're fruitless because it doesn't right. matter you you got to judge the season by a whole you, just like you judge a game by the whole you can't say ah oh, fire Kyle Whittingham he's down 20 to nothing yeah. at half against BYU no you know he won 35 28 you look at the game right same thing as right with, so right. I think I, I think it's not even it's 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 not in the best interest to even have these discussions now. Just play. Yeah, just yeah, play. Yeah. We know who we, we know where we're at. We know we're twenty and twenty. We know we're zero and one. Let's just go play. And at the end of the year, let's sit down and look at it. And if it's worth resigning him, great. If not, at that point. But it, it's doesn't do anyone any good to to speculate now. Right. You know. Right. Anyway, all right. We're, we're, we're running long here. So let's. Uh, speaking oh, of that. Yes. I was just saying, I, I am looking forward to next week. I've got my yes. white BYU hat on. We're not wearing Royal anymore. We are going to be in our white uniforms in one of the most epic, historic settings for college football. I'm really excited to see BYU play there. It's going to be a tough matchup. ESPN yes. predicting this will be an even tougher matchup than Utah was. However, without the history, without the rivalry, without the emotion, if they can just come in focused and be who they are, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Do you know what the so, spread is? Uh, I do not off the top of my head. Okay. I can um, pull it up And one quick, thing, but. just thinking logically here while, while you're looking that up, I know it's hard when you look at Utah-BYU, it's all emotion, so everyone's upset. But if you were to just label them Team A and Team B, Team A is ranked yeah. number 14, Team B is unranked coming off a 7-6 and six year, you would expect For sure. Team A to win by a couple touchdowns, you know? And that does yeah. not ruin the season. So BYU could easily get back on track, win win one or two of these games, and have a good season. But right now it's hard because it's it's coming off of nine in a row. And the thing that's probably even harder, which I I had imagine is there was a lot of belief and hope this year that this was the year, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. like a lot of people bought in because you came off of, and and this is where another thing. I hope Zach Wilson gets a little more leeway than he's been given because I think everyone they just they built it up so high because he went eighteen for eighteen in the bowl game and they were right. just expected, oh my gosh, we really do have another John Beck, Max Hall, uh yeah. Ty Detmer type of thing, you know? And reality mm. is he's still a freaking sophomore and yeah. he still can be really good. And but he didn't, uh-huh. you know, people expected I don't know. I think people just expected him to just be excellent the rest of his career. That's it. Here's the story. Well, it, you know? It is the, you said John Beck, Max Hall. Max Hall only won one against Utah. John Beck, I think, split. I think he went two and two, maybe. I mean, um, I do want to correct you on that. Max Hall went two and one, actually. He won the two 2007 right. game where Colley's fourth and 18, lost 2008 in a blowout at Rice Eccles when Utah uh, That's right. That's right. That's right. And then 2009 when he ran his mouth. That was actually I was at two, both of those games. Yeah, I was at both of Max Hall's wins. So was um, I, bro. I haven't I haven't missed a, a a BYU Utah game since I was on my mission in the Great OCM in the yeah, ni- nice. 2000, 2001. Since then, I've been to every single game. In fact, yeah. there's cool. a discussion on Twitter this week what your record in person these games are. Uh huh. And dude, now yeah. I'm I am now sixteen and four in person at Utah BYU games. Wow, that's a pretty phenomenal record. I'm it pretty is. proud of myself. I th- I think I'm two and three. Honestly, I I couldn't say for sure from my childhood games because I just I I'm old and it was a long time ago. But uh, I do remember like playing San Diego State, watching Mark McGuire or no Mark McGuire's brother, like Scott McGuire or something. Oh yeah, I remember, dude. I remember anyway. that. Yeah. Um. One more thing, I got to bring this up. Bring it up. You said, is this true? Is this true, or did you just say this? Did Utah play BYU TV Sports Nation in the weight room in the summertime? That is what I heard. That maybe a little inside information. Um, who I heard it actually on the way down to the game. Who told me this? Someone. Okay, so the person told me is a is 
um, my my without giving away my brother who employs yeah, yeah. employs a couple former Ute players who still close to the team. Okay, right? and so they told yeah. him that yeah that during the summer he would have BYU TV on in the weight room. The the, yeah. the the show the BYU TV sports show Sports just, Nation just yeah to, yeah just dude Kyle Whittingham is a mas- master That's master a- motivator when I it comes know. to that kind of crap when when you when I saw your tweet I thought Kyle you beautiful evil bastard genius <laughs> that is so that's what I would do that's yeah. like brilliant because it's the same thing as the Greg Rubel thing that show isn't for you you shouldn't that's for us. Like ignore yeah. it, please. Yeah, please ignore it. Because I remember they, they had a top ten. I, I I saw it personally. This is one of the they had a top ten reasons BYU was going to beat Utah, and like eight of them were like ridiculous. And I was thinking, yeah, if yeah. they were watching that, if the U players oh, yeah. were watching that, oh my gosh. And, and granted, when you get on the field, that all goes away. But you know what? It helps out. It helps when you're working out. Oh, you know, it helps sure. when you're preparing because you're pissed. You know, so well. Here's another thing: you get a lot. Of, Utah has way more out of state players who didn't grow up with a rivalry. They've got a lot of people who look at that and say, "Well, we've won eight in a row, so do we really have to like?" That's gonna that's gonna fix all of those things right away. And as yeah. it's like it's like a Twitter way way more people this year on Twitter have gone private. And I think they're just sick of the other team's fans. Yeah. And it's like, I meant, I just, I read that and I was like, oh, we got to make that private. We got to make BYU Sports Nation private. You got to request <laughs> access to that because that's not for them. That's pretty that's good. When I heard that, I was like, oh, when I seriously, when I heard that, I was like, oh, dude, they're ready. They'll be ready for sure. But oh, yeah. actually, yeah. actually, on the way down to the game, I, I switched my account to private in case we lost uh-huh. because <laughs> I did not want to come back to a bunch of retweets that I had said. And then I had unprivatized yeah. it. Anyway, all right, bro, well, we got to wrap this up because I got to get yeah, my daughter yeah, yeah. dance. So Utah plays NIU next week. Should roll big. NIU lost. We, we we played them last year in a close game. But the main reason it was so close is they had Sutton Smith, who was like the nation's sack leader, and he was incredible. They don't have that guy anymore. I think we roll. Yeah. We win big. Go 2-0. You got Tennessee. Nice. Um, should be fun. I, I tell you, I'm, just, I'm just grateful college football is back. And we get to sit all weekend and watch it and enjoy it. Um, so prediction time, just a really quick prediction. What's your prediction for Tennessee, BYU? I'm going to say BYU 28, Tennessee 27. Okay, Utah, I say Utah, NIU, Utah 48, Northern uh, Illinois 10. 48, 10. All right. All right, my man. Okay. Anything else you want to any, Anything else you want to say before we sign out? Just buckle your seatbelt. Yep, dude, it's going to change week right. to week. Like, you remember last year we recorded that the podcast after you beat Wisconsin. We lost Washington at 2.30 yeah. in the morning, Sunday morning, because we were so pissed. And then things just changed, dude. They change week to week. So next week we could be yeah. – again, our moods could be flopped. It's good to have football back, though. Oh, um, you're you're absolutely right. I, I really meant just, though, when you're driving, like be safe oh. out there. Like oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's totally stupid to not buckle your seatbelt. That's like one of the dumbest things you could ever do. So Agreed. buckle especially, your seatbelt. Especially since I'm going to get my daughter, my precious cargo. I do need a buckle. Yes. So thank you for the reminder. And we'll sign All up right. for that. Go Utes. Go Cougars.